Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, happy holidays. Hopefully everyone is having a great holiday week. I admit we are recording this a little bit early, but nonetheless, uh, this episode is coming out the lovely week between uh, Christmas and the New Year. So, uh, you know, God's hopefully there are some people listening to this while they're doing the Rafa Festive 500 uh, or, you know, getting out on a, a ski or a walk or whatever with their family. Tis the season. Tis yes. the season. Thank you for being here. Yeah, we always appreciate everyone and, and tuning in, especially if this is over the holidays. Maybe you're out on a walk trying to escape your family, and, and we respect that. We get it. <laughs> Peter, Peter more so than, than me, since he's, uh, well, when we're... When this comes out, we'll be with my family for the the holidays. Here. Sure, but and enjoy it. Enjoy yes, it. Exactly. Um, so this week we are talking all about, uh, as you know, as you say, tis the season, uh, goals for the new year. Um, so this is always, you know, always a fun topic. I've written about it for Canadian Cycling going on almost a decade That's right. now. You write the same article every single year. I do not. <laughs> you don't even need ChatGPT. You just submit the same article. This really hurts. This hurts. You know what? You if, actually, you do pivot it each year. I was just going to say, if you read the editor's letter this year, Matt actually points out that I've been writing this article for many years now, okay. and I come up with new iterations on it every time. Okay. So, so there, Glassford. Uh, yeah, this year I was all about um, pivoting away from from old goals that are maybe no longer serving you. Uh, if you're listening to this and you've uh, constantly set the goal of like, upping your FTP by 20 watts or oh, five lo- pounds, losing five pounds, That's right. five pounds, 10 pounds, 20, whatever that number is for you. Uh, and either you, you have, you know, consistently made it or you haven't made it. Um, either way, it's, uh, it's time to, uh, to really think about like what's what's next? Oh, we we have a we yeah, have our a third sm- co-host. If you're watching on YouTube, which you can on the Consummate Athlete uh, YouTube channel, we have DW has made an appearance here. <laughs> I feel like so many podcasts talk about like their producer coming in or like you know the sound guy like yeah. chimes in. Stuff we, you should know. It's always Jerry. Yeah. Jerry in the sound booth. Yeah, we just yeah. have a tiny dachshund who wants to get involved in the mix. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I really liked writing this year's article about the pivoting goals because I do think we we tend to get stuck in the the resolution rut if you will um and even discipline wise right like we get very attached to whatever discipline we happen to be in and you know times change we change like there's just i don't know a lot Mm. of reasons for for wanting to make a switch so which can be scary but i think yeah if you if you've had the same one you've been doing the same thing you know it's probably good so then did you want to get into your pivoting article or where did you want to go with this? Well, I think maybe we should actually start with like why set goals at all. And I mean, this is something you deal with with your clients fairly frequently, I would say, is, you know, a lot of people come to coaching because they have a one race goal and then they finish the race and are sort of in that bit of what's next or even, you know, as the season ends, a little bit of uncertainty toward next year and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I think, where a lot of people end up dropping out of sport or, you know, away from, from coaching or away from having Well, that. they say there's sort of these two. So there's the point A, the point B. And so there's with your, you know, your 
national level athletes, your people, Olympians, the point B is fairly obvious. Right. But then it's you have to be more clear about where you are and like what that next step would be. So the point A is actually you need to define that. Right. So your Olympian might, you know, they might get more testing or they might be working closely with a coach to try and like, you know, keep orienting towards that North Star of that point B, that Olympics or whatever it is. For a lot of the rest of us, I would very much count myself in this. Right. It's not really clear what the point B is. You probably have a good idea where you are. Right. Um. You know, and probably the next steps are less even important than that, like Olympian who's doing everything to try and optimize performance, right? Like that's why it's hard to really quantify, right? You're already doing a lot of this stuff. For a lot of us, myself included, you know, there's some pretty, you know, some of these are the fundamentals, the the things that aren't as exciting. But the point B is harder because you have to sort of like pick something, and, and we we can a lot of times we can pick a lot. So that's For sometimes sure. an interesting framework, and and actually does, you know, why do you set a goal? Well, it's so that we can start making decisions in a certain direction, right? A mm-hmm. lot of the decisions or a lot of the directions are okay, but you need to sort of decide the thing that you like. Actually, that did come out a lot in this pivoting article. I was talking to Krista Chandler, who we have had on the podcast. She's a mental performance consultant and kinesiologist. Um, over at blanking on the university. But anyway, uh, she was great talking about this because she actually pointed out a lot of the time we put the big point B goal on the the calendar, but then we actually fail to kind of step back and like look at what are the the small every day, every week, uh, right. like process oriented goals that get to the point B. And those are so much more important than the actual point B goal, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, for me, obviously my point B this year is Leadville. And that's a very important goal. But like, if I'm not do, if I don't figure out what the weekly and daily looks like for that, then when I get to Leadville, there's just no way I'm making it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Olympians do, you're right. They have it so much easier. Not like, not only do they have that definitive goal and like literal, like laid out exactly what you need to do to get to the Olympics, like sets of um, standards from their national governing body, they also often don't have any other things. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, how many people have you coached who have level on the bucket list or like on the you know list for this year? That's their A goal. But they also have a work conference where they're presenting the week before. Sure. That is like their yeah. A work goal. And then at the week after they have like a family vacation. That is also their like family A goal. Mm. So I think... You know, the, the sort of the norm, the normal person, and I'm putting quotations mark, you know, quotations around the average person here, um, actually has like a lot more demands on their their time and energy and their goals compared to a professional athlete. Right, and I, I do think you know we're still around this why concept, and, and I do think this is why setting goals and, and even your pivoting, your which like leads into reflection on the past seasons, you know, maybe multiple seasons. Um, it, it's really you want to try and set yourself up for success and a good time, you know, success doesn't need to mean money or, or, you know, people showering praise on you. It could just be like, you go to BC bike race and you have a great week and it's just like a solid week at summer camp and you feel strong, but you know, you're mid packing or, you know, party at the back or wherever your success is for you. But, you know, we want to say like, to your point about Leadville, was it seamless? Was it was there enough slack in the system that you could enjoy the process, you know, the training rides beforehand and then lead into it? And then you go to the work conference and focus on that stage of life, that season of mm-hmm. life, that vacation with the family. Is it whereas I guess where I was going with that is, you know, if you're the person who comes into the spring classics every year and it's just, you know, you're a teacher, so it's the most hectic time of the year or you live in some place that just is not great for training, then and it's always tough. It's always frustrating. You're always nervous. Um 
but then you know you get really fit by july but then you don't pick races in july right that might be some a reflection you could make mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and that gets to one of our our biggest tips with any athlete is really that looking at the the annual calendar and not just looking at the the race schedule but also looking at your work schedule your family schedule uh, you know, your life schedule, like all of the other things around it. Sure. And instead of picking an event, I think almost like instead of picking an event based on the event, picking the event based on the training that you need to do for the event that like feels the best for you and makes the most sense for you. Because I mean, to your point, you might have time to race in April, but if you can't train February, March because of, you know, a hectic phase at work or the weather or whatever, yeah, like even if you have that weekend clear, that race still doesn't necessarily make sense. So I think a lot of people look at the calendar and just try to slot races in. But I think also thinking about slotting, like how is training into that race going to unfold? Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and knowing yourself, like I am not a great, uh, I'm okay at riding the trainer and staying like okay fit, but I do not like doing intensity on mm-hmm. the trainer anymore. I, I used to be better, but so it's just, again, and I don't like the cold <laughs> and, you know, I don't like to be rushed. So it, for me, I like July goals. It gets warm. I've had like two and three months of good, hard outside riding. I've had a couple practice races and then I can show up and go as hard as I can for that, like one day. And, and I don't know, for me, that's, that's pretty good this year that, you know, fits in pretty well because I'm gonna have to figure out running a little bit more this year too, but we've done that before. Uh, but because you have, we have this family event and that you are racing this pretty involved race in August, uh, Again, I'm not going to as much and I'll tell tell the story about Breck Epic and stuff too, but Molly's doing this 100 mile race is her goal. But this is a whole family trip moving across the country for a couple of weeks to get ready. So, you know, in theory, I shouldn't plan a lot of stuff for racing and training in those weeks, right? Yes. And you also need to be able to run. So there is that. Right. Now, what I'm saying is that it's very hard as a everyday person because we can do anything. Right. Right. So there's also happens to be Breck Epic and it has a three day thing and it's like the week before and I'm like, I'm not the one racing. Right. So why don't I just jump into Breck Epic, you know, three days before your big race. But then I need to look at like, okay, well, is this going to be, is this leaving slack for like errors or if I have to drive to Denver to get you new shoes or something like this, right? It doesn't really leave slack into your biggest race of the year. So then the answer is pretty clear that like, that's just a bonehead thing to try and race. You know, I want to race Breck Epic. It looks like the hardest race ever. Uh, but another year. Could right? that be 2025? That can... could be, again, and I can pre-ride. Last year, I pre-rode a couple of the stages. So I can go, I can see what there is. We have a few clients doing Breck Epic, so I can go and even volunteer or support that week a bit. But I don't need to go and, you know, race vigorously ahead of that that week. Well, they do have a great new women's initiative at Breck Epic that I feel like we should just shout out, like, for no reason other than yeah, it's it looks super fun. cool. Uh, so maybe that's our, if they do that again in 2025, maybe, maybe we go for 2025 and, okay. like, we're both racing. Just put it's that an out there. Ambitious two-year goal for you, I think. But uh, you're the one that said I need to bring my mountain bike this winter okay. to work on my work on my. You've put you've put that process goal on my uh, true my resolution list here. Um, all right. So before we get into uh, just kind of a refresh of smart goals, quick word from our sponsor AG1. They've been on the show for two years. They've been in our lives for even longer. AG1, formerly known as as Athletic Greens is the foundational nutritional supplement that I'm not gonna lie you kind of need in your life like if if there's one supplement I can take it is AG1 because it is all of the things it's your probiotics your prebiotics your adaptogens your vitamins your minerals 
one-stop shop that actually tastes good. Um, we've been using this new little frother thing to mix it right up into water in the morning. It's the first thing I do when I wake up and yeah, I just think it's probably the best, like smartest thing that I've, I've done for myself. I've gotten it for my dad, uh, who hates vegetables. I've seen it pop up on a few gift, uh, things as well. You mm -hmm. could give people like a little trial or let them try it out, mm -hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. And it's a good, I do like it for the clients, especially who, you know, we'll get into some of these lifestyle factors and goals and standards here in a bit, but you know, they don't eat very well. They're very rushed. They're very busy. They don't know how to cook, whatever, right? Like life throws these things at us. And so this is a good way to start edging into, you know, water and some nutrients in the morning. And then maybe that, how does that unroll into a, a, a greater day? Yeah. And definitely, you know, t tis the season, I guess here, like we're in cold and flu season. So anything you can do to support your immunity. And if you use our code drinkag1.com backslash Molly H, you do get a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D. It's these little droplets because vitamin D is fat soluble. So you need the oil. Uh, also very tasty. Um, but yeah, cannot recommend it enough, especially around this time of year. If you're traveling, they have travel packs. You also get five free travel packs with your first purchase. Um, yeah, just cannot say enough good things about that. So to take ownership over your health and try AG1, just head to drinkag1.com backslash Molly H and get your five free travel packs plus your year supply of vitamin D. Again, drinkag1.com backslash Molly H. Cool. So, so you mentioned SMART goals. I did. Uh, most years we forget to look up what SMART goals <laughs> means and I then we stumble say, our way so through. I'm so proud of you for putting these in our show notes. There you go. We got an outline. I don't know how smooth it'll go, but here we go. So, I mean, I think I almost I roll a little bit around SMART goals, but I mean, some of this is common sense, but like common sense isn't common. You know, a lot of us set goals, but then forget to put a deadline on it. A lot of us, is it attainable? Uh, do you want to read what SMART goals is since we've bragged on yeah, writing yeah. it down? Uh, so a SMART goal is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Now, the thing is, I think a lot of a lot of us kind of skate over this in athletics because a lot of race goals are just by nature a lot of these things, right? They are specific. Like, it's it's this race. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. like, okay, let's say Breck Epic. It's specific. It's Breck Epic. It's measurable. You finish the race or you win the race or whatever. Uh, achievable, that's the question mark. Uh, relevant, question mark. Time bound, yes, we know the date of the race. Mm -hmm. So you already have three of the five components just like click, locked in place. So I think the achievable and relevant are really maybe what uh, a lot of us miss as athletes, particularly relevant. Right. And I mean, you also have to remember that just saying BC bike race isn't a goal. Right. You, you need to say, I'm going to do this at BC Bike Race, which might be feel strong throughout the day. I, I, I'm very open to this qualitative thing. You know, it is nice if we can add some sort of, you know, the whole week I want to be under 30 hours or 20 hours for the total week. You know, you can sort of, if you haven't done the race, you can triangulate a bit off of like past results. You know, what would give you like a mid-pack finish? So that might be of interest. Some people do not even want to touch the time. And then it is a feeling, you know, it is a few, you know, we can break this into more like process or practice or race goals uh, where it's like fueling goals or, you know, taking a photo. Like some of them can get down that road depending on what you're looking for out of it. But I think you do like that's where it does get a little trickier that it's not just like necessarily doing the race. I guess mm -hmm. you could say finishing the race. Finishing would be a, a thing. A yeah. Yeah. Finishing some of these big things. I want to finish Leadville in under 12 hours or 1159 or whatever the thing Sorry, is. Sorry. I thought you meant the run for a second. I was like, holy crap, man. Um, 
Uh, okay, so, so, so the, but then I think you want to look at too. So then when we look at those smart goals, then so it's specific, measurable. So is there a measure? Did oh, you, on. did I've... you finish? What was the time? What was the placing? What was the number of gels? What was the number of smiles per miles? What was the, whatever you're measuring, right? I think that makes sense. What is it relevant and time bound? Wow. Your vision is real bad. It, it's going all of a sudden and it's really scary. Um, so relevant, this is my goals. Yeah. I, I was just at the eye doctor, which is a good goal too. So relevant though, so let's break this out then. I think this is, these get more, as you say, like relevant could be, you know, this could be related to your pivoting. Maybe it's not relevant to you anymore. I think it's also the, both like the calendar, like does this fit in your life? But also like, are you just doing it because the cool kids are doing it? So like not to throw gravel under the bus, but like I'm going to throw gravel no, under the bus a little the, bit here. Yeah. Some people get sucked in because everyone's going to unbound, but then they forgot that they, and what this happened to Leah Davidson. We've talked to her about this yeah. where she, she got sucked into the, the lifetime series, which is mostly a gravel series. But Leah Davidson is a, a cross country Olympic mountain bike racer, which I would group myself in. And so she went for it. Good honor. But then she was like, this is not fun at all. And I'm, I'm done. And so she called it, which is like, I think, a, a, a skill to say, I'm done with this, Huge, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. No, I was I, genuinely impressed by that. Um, okay. So actually, I want to backtrack you for two seconds. Like the, you know, you're talking about measurable. What's your thought on placing? Like, so race goals based on... I always think when Ellen Noble was on, she said like, you could do that, but you had to have like a context for it. So like if you're always in the top three and have won nationals, then like you could set that goal for top three. But if you if you this is complete before you compete, if you've never been there and you're not one of those people, if you're not Leah Davidson, right? Leah Davidson was probably trying to win the Quebec single track experience, right? And, and she like got on the overall podium a couple of times. And there was a couple of fast guys. I might know one of them. Uh but you you're talking about you yeah. i don't know i can't see him in the screen but uh, there he is uh, good looking guy real real good looking that fuzzy blob looks really good uh yeah and so you know you, you would have a context so I, I do always think to that ellen actually had a really great quote when she was on that was many years ago now but like sort of like when you're setting these goals there's sort of like you would have context for that and if you don't then i think you have to be careful you mm -hmm. know you can ease into it but i don't think you know this is the like classic we always joke about the world cup races where someone who you know has never been in the Wasn't top 50 the is like not I... the result i was hoping for and it's like okay i mean like you're not like this was a 55th like that's about what you should be hoping for at this point in your life right like there's no context for better than that so i'm i uh, you know a few people have said like you know everyone's cheering for you just don't whine about it and like make up these weird like hoping for better just say like this is a great result continue training great performance hashtag like, onward and upward not even just like thanks for <laughs> your support like you know here's a funny photo like just stop with the like hoping hoping we don't hope for stuff. Yeah, knock that off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Okay. We're, we're a little aggressive about that. A but. little aggressive. But you know what? We've seen it for 15 <laughs> years. So it's a thing. Probably written the blog post, to be honest. But there you go. So, but then, so then you have, okay, we decided we're going to go, I'm wearing the 24 hours of adrenaline. I have a few clients who are going solo tag team, you know, aggressive five person, you know, party 10 person, but in the party 10 person, you have to be the fastest of the party 10 person. Wow. So it is, you know, it is tricky. So you have goals around these events, you're psyched on it, but then, you know, now we have months to prepare. So this is where then you start making the smart goals again, where there's some measures, some times. And I think this is where sometimes we can be a little better, right? We can say like, we're going to do this ride or this effort or this whatever by 
this date, we're going to go to this camp and we're going to put in this mileage by this date. And I think that's really where the power of these goals. And, and now again, when we started this podcast, we talked about the rest of us, it's sometimes hard to know which direction to go, which thing to go after. So now that we've set that point B goal, the 24 hours, the, whatever the big race is, we're going to step towards that. And, and are we on time? Are we getting to all these little mini goals along the way, the process goals along the way? And I do think that, that there, there's power there. Um, and it's just how you do it. So then probably the specific piece gets important there as well. What do you think, maybe this isn't really even on this exact topic, but I just keep thinking about the placing. What do you think about like A, B, and C goals out of any goal? So again, we'll say like Breck Epic or whatever. You have like, you know, you the A goal is that you want to finish in under 20 hours. And then your B goal is you want to, maybe it is just like, 20 hours is the A goal, 25 is the B goal, 30 sure. is the C goal, or C goal, um, or B, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. Soon in the Consonant Athlete Show, the C goals, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. C goal it's going to be it. cute, yeah. Well, maybe that could be our mascot instead of this, like, riding guy here, and if you're watching YouTube, seagull. we have our logo here. Molly made this with a cricket uh, thing, by the way, a very cool machine. Cry cut, is it? I'm is not that? sure. Yeah, okay, well, the cry cut cricket, yeah. maybe anyway. we'll put a cricket and a seagull. Yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, anyway, back to my point. Seagulls. Or, or your beagle could be... Uh, you know, not bonking every day or the, you know, smiling every mile or finishing. So what do you think about having sort of that ABC? Because I think for me, for, for Leadville, I'm almost certainly going to have that because... I think for some people, I mean, I think probably everyone, there's, you know, the race finishing is always worthwhile, you know, a good goal. It's always going to be hard. It's never going to be like it was the last time you did Leadville or the 24 hours. You're going to have adversity. So you need to always keep like, we keep moving to get to the finish line. There's no negotiation, you know, until someone tells you to stop because you fell and you're delirious and here's i actually don't i'm gonna argue against myself when i said the 20 25 30 i actually don't like that set of abc goals sorry i can't stop laughing when i say seagulls now uh maybe it's just the jersey accent really like emphasizes it but okay i don't like that because i think that's too drop downy like the day you have like one bad day now you're into okay well now it's 25 hours and then you have another bad day now it's 30 hours i like having disparate goals where they all lead to a good result so for me like a goal is going to be win leadville my coach will murder me if i don't say win leadville if i say top five he's gonna be like no you have to like win. that's the goal but b like the b one for me is honestly is around fueling because for me i know that's like probably the biggest thing for getting to that A goal. Well, so. and so those get into, now you're sort of mixing things. I guess it could be like, yes, I finished the race and I continued to eat. But I would say that those are supporting the race goal. So these are like the race, you know, the, the process goals, whatever you want to call those within the race. The ABC thing you're talking about, I, I see more as like winning. But then if you can't win, you want to be under this time goal. And then if you can't win, then it's like finishing the thing is very worthwhile. So that to me is like the day is a success if you get across there and you crawl across at 27 hours or something or whatever it is. That's, I think, with the actual race goals, that's where that it has utility is that like you continue to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think you would see some people might be time like in a time trial there might be like ABC like there's like a standard but you have like a super stretch goal on a great day you'd like just knock it out of the park but then you beat the you know you get your own personal best is the B one and then the C one is maybe whatever the, the last one you got or you know whatever the, sure. the the time I think you could probably have them where they're like a series of times but those are getting away from some of these messier off-road races that we often are looking at yeah I do just think it's it's tricky and you need to know yourself when you set the like ABC versions of any of these uh, because I think it's very easy to let yourself almost immediately default to the C like that's I'm not gonna lie that's what happened to me in the Leadville Marathon you know I pretty much on the first hill a bunch of women were super hard charging and went for it and I was like well okay there goes there goes winning right B goal is qualifying and ultimately like I ended up passing a lot of those women in the back half and if I had just not let myself slip down immediately in the rung to the B goal sure and just been like yep screw it I'm gonna go now I'd be interested to know if you actually were thinking through that but some of this is experience, right? Like this is where I think when you are used to racing at the front, then you start knowing these things, right? Like there's a time in races where like you need to be cross-eyed and this is depends a little bit on the race. But again, this is people start really hard. Like I know your coach just raced a 50 miler and it was very fast for the first bunch of this running race, even though it was going to be a 50 mile. I don't know what well, their time was. Well, that's what mine was, but... was too when I did the 50 Yeah, it like started uphill and no one wants to run, you know, with the get caught up in the pack and stuff. The racing is sort of like some of these race things are like pretty universal, right? Like there's always an aggressive start you know, whatever aggressive is for the discipline. No one's sprinting like a hundred meter sprint off of a 50 mile thing, but they are moving. But I do think that's actually what I learned like in June, I would actually say, yes, I a hundred percent thought about that in the beginning when all of those people were going like, mm -hmm. because honestly, because I'm used to being at the front, like kind of irregardless because I like a lot of the races I've done, I have been in that front pack. Um, so when I wasn't like very quickly, my energy completely shifted. But then this last race in October, like two guys went out far too hard. Hopefully they're not listening to this, but very clearly too hard. But I still went with them because right. I was like, nope, this time you're going to go. That's really the reason. And we've spoke a bit about, you know, racing a bit more, even, yeah. lo even local races, even though you don't like it. Uh, because this is what you start seeing is like the stuff sort of unravels similarly, but like there's always different scenarios. And this is where once you've raced a lot, like I think about our friend Alexi Vermeulen, he's, you know, done all these pro tour races and, you know, Iceman unfolded in a way where there's a bunch of youth, you know, attacking and all over the place. And then somehow he rolls across a little bit. It was luck this year, but he was in second wheel and then Ty unfortunately crashed at the Iceman Cometh and Alexi's in first again. Right. But he wasn't the one pulling a ton. He wasn't the one, you know, attacking, you know, in these ways. Like I think he was trying to get to the front and couldn't, you know, he was getting, but it seems like he's in the right place a lot of the times, right? And why? It's not that he's like got, it's because he's been in the situation a lot, mm -hmm. right? And, and thought about it a lot. So some of this is learning this. And, and this comes back to, well, then your goal might be just to complete the race if you don't know any of this stuff. Uh, and, and some of us might be fortunate enough. The luck might be in our favor. The race might not be competitive. We might be genetically really gifted or really, you know, we understand tactics from something else. We might win in that complete before you compete thing. Um, that's very possible, but, right. but it's still very much like when you're coming into it, like, I don't think you need to be as aggressive with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, to your point, you just mentioned the word luck and let's come back to one of my favorite lines of all time. 
Tom Hopper classic, luck favors the prepared. And that's really what we're talking about here is having these these big goals, but then how can you prepare for them? And, you know, you just kind of mentioned for me, it's, it's probably going to be being on more start lines and more local races just to get that, figure out what the group is doing and play to Well, and just think, yeah, I, I think it's, and I still have, I don't know that a lot of this, like nerves don't go away. Nerves are good, uh, you know, but you know, you come to the race and you're like, fuck people, sorry, people, <laughs> people are look so pro. And then, you know, how many times I've raced probably, <laughs> I don't know, a thousand times in my life. And I'm always like, everyone looks so pro. I'm just going to be last place. And then usually I'm okay. I do. Okay. Do you remember the when I did my first hundred miler? I was in. I went to the bathroom before the start, and there were a bunch of women in there. And they had like Hoka shoes and like, like super kitted bandanas, out. and and they're all talking about their next two hundred miler. And I came out, and I was like almost in tears. I was so You're stressed. Like, everyone's so good, and I was like, you need to go to the front, <laughs> get ahead of these people. I think uh, you heard 200 and we're just like, nope, you got to go. Yeah. You're now in a speed. Those are not the people. No offense to 200 mile people. Uh, no, they're a just different, different level. I so let's keep this on track here. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I think one of the, one of the questions we had was actually just our own um, 2024 goals. So I've talked about my Leadville one. Do you have a, do you have a 2024 goal or are we just going to stick to using Leadville as the example here? Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, I'll probably I'll go back to nationals. Um, there's a couple of local races. Yeah, I, I think again, I'm probably someone who's, you know, sitting on the same type of goals. But okay, that's well, the way 2025 it is. is your year. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I'm still intrigued by the cross country Olympic race, right? So I sort of race mm. a couple of those and pick a couple. You know, the local one is happening again, and I lost it last year because it turned into a mud race. And, and Sid beat me. So I coach Sid, which is awesome. So it's always great yeah. when your own athlete dances away from you. Makes you look like you don't know how to ride a bicycle. Uh, so I'll probably try that one again as a local race. And then, yeah, just go back to nationals and see if I can get that one again. Ooh, okay. Here's here's a, a question for you. I, I have a 2025 goal for you. So I actually realized on my run yesterday, I was uh, bragging about you to a few people. Or on Saturday, I was bragging about you to a few people. And I mentioned that you used to have the Canadian Leadville record. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I should look what the Canadian Leadville women's running mm. record this is. This is a fake record that I created. I mean, look, Canadians are very big on top Canadian. Top Canadian. And as a Canadian now, that means I can go for top Canadian. Yeah? I don't know. Because there was the one Canadian guy, I think, won it. But I don't know women, but women. how they've done. Yeah, I don't know. So That's, I'm going to look. I apologize if someone's done really well. I'm, I'm sure they have. So I'm going to look, but if I get the Canadian women's Leadville running record and I realize that was like 17, like the top Canadian, like very specific, would you go back to Leadville to try I to get know. the Leadville men's I, record I, I again? don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Maybe. We'll see. I would love that. It's I think that would a lot be of cute. it's a lot of pedaling. So much. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so what, I guess what so those are our race goals, roughly. Let's call them that. So mine's in July, yours is in August. They're offset for our family activities. Um, so I thought that was actually a good point to bring in David Epstein's fit. Is it fit equals grit? Fit before grit? What's this phrase it's, here? Well, there's a couple different ones, but yeah. So Epstein, I, I think it was in that last book, which we had him on speaking about. It's a great book. I think it's like basically, I think I told him it. this is basically the consummate athlete, like manifesto, the idea that generalists persist. What is this called? 
Range, Range is the name of his book. Really good pre- like gift for anyone too. And I'm not say. positive that that's where this phrase come is, but it's a David Epstein thing. And in any case, his uh, Substack newsletter is also really good. Uh, so it's fit. Uh, once you find fit, then it looks like grit is the one way I've seen it. You know, fit before grit, fit equals grit. And what they're saying is that once you find the thing that fits with your mindset, your predispositions, your lifestyle, your skills, your genetics, your whatever, then suddenly it looks like you have grit, like you like really work hard and you like persist. But his argument, and and this is, you know, not just him, this is some research as well, is that a lot of times it's that people just are really into the thing. So, you know, I really like cross country mountain bike racing. So when I, you know, do it and it gets hard, I keep doing it because it has some sort of intrinsic, you know, I'm wired up to like it Mm -hmm. again, like it matches what I'm good at in some ways. Uh, so, so it, you, you keep going with it. Right. And I would say you with like longer running, like you're just naturally, you have a pretty good efficient running stride. Obviously mentally you're able to deal with just the monotony of it compared to a 5k where I fall apart entirely. So the message then is, is to Molly's pivoting article as well as just, you know, sometimes if it's like, if it's like, this is a struggle, I haven't had a couple, you know, the seasons, it just doesn't seem like it's clicking. Like it's okay to look at other stuff. We've had clients go to, you know, CrossFit or baseball or whatever the different things are you go. And, and it could just be a different cycle discipline if you want it to be a cycling discipline but this is where you know someone finds track and you know they're a bigger guy and it's like holy crap i am like the pro biggest you know fastest guy here and i'm super like i I belong in this track Mm -hmm. right and then same you know same it could be like a spring classic like you're just a hard person and you like the mud and you don't get cold right but then maybe you didn't like heat in the summer right so then figure it out (laughs) you know this idea so finding the fit i I think is a really interesting thing i was just just flashing to my dad just being like oh you really suck in heat (laughs) well it's gonna be a problem for me for the rest of my life (laughs) but anyway yeah i think that's probably one of the most important things with the the relevancy even of the smart goal is you know does the goal make sense for you and i do think like when we say this fit before grit this does not necessarily mean exactly what you're the best at if you don't enjoy what you're the best at because i think there's plenty of people for whom like you actually see this with a lot of retired pros like they're not going to keep racing like nino may not opt to keep racing xco with his like you know number of world championship titles and most world cup wins of all time like he may go to like gravel or Ironman or he might not ride ever again. Cross country. You see, I think a lot of people don't ever ride again, but yeah. Like, I think because the, the joy of that, like is no longer like a thing. Um, and for some people it totally is, but I think it, it doesn't have to be what you're the best at. It has to be like what you enjoy the most. I think it's getting at that intrinsic, they call it intrinsic motivation. So it's things that are internal to you. So this is like, you feel good, you feel competent, you, whatever, right? There's just something that you would go and do it every day. It's more painful. They talk about it. It's more painful not to do it than to do it. Uh, extrinsic, which, you know, I don't, Nino obviously has both, I think, and has a good balance. He wouldn't do it this long without, but I mean, he is motivated by money and there are, you know, titles on the line and records on Mm -hmm. the line and, you know, whatever. So sponsorship obligations. So this is where it gets trickier is that, that extrinsic thing. So I think that's a good point. And I think we see lots of people who race at the back of the pack their entire career and never you know, seem to, and you're like, wow, they have, they have a lot of grit. And it's like, no, maybe it just, they really enjoy it and, mm-hmm. and to each their own. Yeah, exactly. 
And maybe that is grit all along. <laughs> I guess, sure. Uh, okay, so last topic we wanted to touch on is is really these more like lifestyle things. Uh, and this is where the, the rubber meets the road, if you will, as far as the what are the daily things that you can be doing to get to that goal. And this is above and beyond, you know, we always talk about obviously having a training plan, working with a coach. Actually, I just talked to Kelly Sturette, uh, author of Built to Move, which we'll talk about in a second, but I was talking to him for an article for Canadian Running and he was he's so on the like you should have a coach or at minimum a plan mm -hmm. uh, no matter how old you are no matter how new you are to sport no matter what your goals are uh, because without a coach like what, he's like what are you even doing right uh, well or a plan right i, I think mm -hmm. even just like something that's going to keep you again this is where some of the goals are almost implicit to a plan right you're a finish the plan b you know take the rest days every week C, you know, whatever you're doing will generally progress through a plan. The long ride or run will get longer. The intervals midweek will get, you know, harder, longer, more, whatever. <laughs> right. And this is the nature of a plan. So I think even like your, you know, classic out of a magazine mm -hmm. plan for a lot of people probably is better than not, you know, just randomly doing things. Okay. So we have a training plan. We're working with a coach. We sort of know that. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are pretty aware that having a plan is going to help you get to the the goal. And most people are aware of that. I'd say your eight months to Leadville training plan, which is available on Training Peaks now, is one of your or Unbound or whatever. Yeah, we have lots on there. Um, and, and yeah, again, this gets to uh, we started the podcast talking about you know when you're an Olympian, it probably matters a little bit more the little pieces like how much of this and how much of that and when of this and the timing and the frequency and all the intensity for a lot of other people it's probably the struggle is and you know yourself like if the limiter is that you don't train frequently then you know if it's a spin class or it's a whatever whatever way gets it done yeah side note plug for peloton not a sponsor definitely not a sponsor wish they were a sponsor sure Would yeah take them as a and sponsor. so molly was doing this and it's just basically like a video where they say go harder and you adjust whatever you're on yeah, and so go harder right like it's not a smart thing where it's adjusting the load for you it's very much like going to a spin class and you said you really liked it yeah i did not expect to but i'm doing a piece for bicycling that's just kind of zwift versus peloton not like a who's gonna win but like which one might be better for you just depending on you know who you are what your goals are uh and i did not expect to like peloton but they have a they have a month free trial too so like honestly i would say even if you're not thinking about actually doing it get the free trial for a month um mm -hmm. it's so worth it there's all kinds of classes on it too so it's you know your kind of generic spin classes that are really fun by the way uh, and really well done but also yoga, Pilates, strength, uh, like interval training, kind of all of all of those. And then you can sort of pick and be, you know, sort of trick yourself into, you know, okay, I'll do 30 or I'll do 15 or, you know, I really like this trainer. I was saying to you, there's probably a piece there versus Zwift where it's like you're actually looking at an actual person mm. and, and maybe you like a certain trainer. So then I was saying like if they're weekly, you it's almost like a TV show where you want to stay ca caught up or finish the whole set or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it could be a great solution. And so that's where even the fit of the training thing you're using, some people maybe get stuck in whatever the online software is or the way you're doing it. And there might be a better fit for your mentality. I know a few clients have tried certain softwares and, uh, you know, it just doesn't fit with who they are and, and what they like to do. So uh, again, sampling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so beyond the training though, is sort of these more lifestyle oriented things. And I think these are where 
like what's really important for the kind of people who are listening to this podcast who, you know, are aware they need to train regularly. They kind of know that part. But then we know so many people, and we've been guilty of this at different times in our life, where you're doing all the training, you're doing all that stuff, but you're sleeping like four hours a night. You're training 20 hours a week and barely sleeping. So this is where that idea of standards and gaps, I I think, is interesting. And I think we want to keep coming back to that smart goals thing as much as it's sort of weird um, and maybe overdone. But it it makes sense. I think it's common sense uh, that relevant. So some of these things aren't relevant, right? It's not, you know, so this could be the testing goal you have might not be relevant to the goal you have. Um, But then also with the standards, you know, some stuff is good enough. And that's the idea with standards is like, this is good enough. And and any pursuit further, you could get better. You know, our standard for squatting is, you know, one minute, you know, just in a deep squat that that, you're not, you're not an Olympian because you did that. Obviously the, you know, if your goal is to beat Nino in uh, a cross country mountain bike race, Nino can probably squat a lot more, you know, like there's a weight element there, a speed element, a power element. So you do need to look a little deeper, but if you couldn't get into a deep squat for a minute uh, or any of these other things, what was the one you just mentioned? Sleep. Sleep. Yeah. If you're not sleeping eight hours, that's an obvious one, right? If you're not eating vegetables, yes, no. Like you could almost go to the, the yes, no, right? Kelly and Juliet's was 800 grams uh, is the one they've popularized there. And I think it's a great one too. And they, you know, it's essentially. I do think you should get bonus points for leafy greens though. I do think those should be like triple weight or something. <laughs> right. Because that one's a little difficult, but sure, sure. And I mean, if you, it doesn't matter. In any case, it's like yes, no, even with the standards, right? And I do see this where it's like, no, I just don't eat vegetables. And I'm, well, you can see why there's problems, right? Like there's, there's, you know, this is the way. Um, so I do think that some of these lifestyle pieces, when we look at the body and the person, you know, this is a complex system, and so any of these little inputs can have downstream effects so if you're Mm -hmm. sleeping five hours versus say eight hours or seven to nine or whatever you're going to pick as the the thing this could have such a downstream effect on glucose level motivation you know things like this energy uh you just you just don't know right so this is where when we're trying to set goals i want to go to leadville it's not just i need to train 20 hours or 15 or whatever the number is per week uh, or in the peak week or whatever it is, uh, or the CP20 number, there are these other things that we can set goals around in our process goals is to, you know, look at sleep, get the appointment, get the vegetables, whatever that bring us up to these standards that I do think for a lot of us are, are probably the ways to really enhance the eight hours we have to train in a week. For sure. Yeah. So definitely check out, you know, if you're looking for a place to start with standards, uh, Kelly and Juliet's Built to Move book, fantastic, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. lays out, they, they call them the vital signs. Pretty holistic, yeah, it goes, there's walking and the time sitting and uh, what else is, you know, they do have a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of sleep. So it is, it does sort of cover the the span of what sort of that, if you call, sort of sort of thought about it as like a, the base of wellness, I think about that Steven Seiler uh, endurance pyramid. Right, pyramid. And I don't know that he actually had health on the bottom. I was going to look this up and I forgot to look it up before. Do you recall? I know volume was sort of like the big one at the bottom and then there's intensity and then sort of it gets narrower and then eventually like there's the, the 1% gains at the top. But I can't recall if there's like, I think there was like a general health and wellness. I think so. And even if it wasn't, you could basically picture like Atlas holding the world, like a little guy holding up that entire pyramid and that little guy is okay. your health and wellness. Like well, you- and it's based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is like sort of like you need to fuel and sleep and stuff before you can you know self-actualize yeah exactly sure okay like you can't do volume if you're falling apart mm-hmm. like which can, is hard so which is hard right especially if you're someone who doesn't sleep well or something like that but 
Kelly and Juliet's standards actually like do talk about, well, okay, there's, that's interesting. But then if you're not also walking maybe earlier in the day, seeing the sun, that stuff can all downstream affect sleep at the end of the day as well. Nutrition obviously then can also affect, you know, blood sugar, these things can affect sleep. So if the sleep's a touchy one and that's the one, it might actually be some of these other things that maybe are even more approachable because sleep, you, you know, try harder to sleep. You're not going to sleep because mm-hmm. uh, you're trying so hard. No, but making more time for sleep is certainly something we know a lot of people can do, especially ones who are training, you know, a ton. There usually is like, a, you know, can you nap in the afternoon instead of doing workout number two or whatever? Well, or, or you know, you would see later in the day, right? If you don't, does it have to be a two hour workout or can it be a one hour workout with mm-hmm. a bedtime and enough time beforehand to sort of settle down and get yeah. into bed? Yeah. And then the last thing actually that Kelly was talking about, and I'm not sure how much he talked about it in Build to Move, but we talked about it when I was interviewing him last week was like relationships and sort of general happiness. And he had a really interesting thing where he was talking about, you can only, you know, a lot of us admittedly get into endurance sport because we're running from something. You know, we literally are running from something. That's why a lot of people are doing ultra. You know, you can read so many articles, so many books about that. But his point was there comes a point where like that might get you in, but what's going to keep you in the sport and, you know, not injured, not burned out, not overtrained is figuring like kind of solving for that and, you know, coming to coming to more of like an inner peace and, you know, having good relationships, having a good relationship with yourself, having a good relationship with others, uh, you know, having a community built around the sport, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I was very in, like it was really kind of surprising where I thought he, I was asking about, you know, running longevity and I thought he was going to be like, well, squats and he did say deadlifts, but uh, a lot of what he talked about was more of this internal, like finding your your peace within the sport versus just using it as as Pat Spencer kind of talked about in our last uh, episode with her getting uh, on getting your mind in gear that, you, you know, running is not writing is not therapy. Therapy is therapy. Hmm. So I do mm. think that's that's another one worth bringing up as far as these more lifestyle based goals. Yeah. And is there what, what do we do with that, though? Therapy. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> the internal work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I, I think, probably important to try to. And that we've talked about, you know, people maybe edge in with sports psych if you're nervous about that. But, uh, you know, we often talk about the, the concepts are similar. Right. So the probably the things you pull out of actual therapy are going to help as well. Um, I genuinely I, think. I, you know, having been, having done both, I've, I've done everything from like regular therapy to like sports hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And I would say regular therapy was certainly like the most useful for both life and sport. Well, and that that's it, right? Again, complex systems. It's not just someone pedaling a bike on Zwift. It's, you know, if your family is really mad at you, you it, there's no way, even if you're this person, you know, ultra endurance person who can just focus, like that's in the back of your mind, really. It's on your shoulder, Mm-hmm. that that's there so it is this is where like if you if you just spend time on that stuff as well then it's going to free you up to be you know a better athlete i think yeah kelly actually talked about there's a free diver for red bull that actually has an interview where he says like if he's in even the slightest argument with his girlfriend or something his dive is going to suffer so much like his breath doesn't work the way it's supposed to mm-hmm. so i thought that and like that's a very like almost life or death <laughs> situation with that but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah really good illustration so lots of lots of stuff to think about. So all of that to say, I think we kind of have like these two buckets of goals when it comes to setting goals for the new year. There's the the race specific one and like everything you have to do to get to that, your smart goal for that, but then not neglecting the other bucket of just more of this like 
holistic view of yourself as a, a fit human, healthy human, happy human. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And the two can coexist. Like they absolutely, they Venn diagram each other really well, right? Like if you're not sleeping, you're probably not gonna be racing that great either. Um, so I do think there's like a lot of overlap there, but really not neglecting either bucket. Sure, and thinking about it as our, you know, we could call it periodization or planning, but this is really the time of year where, you know, we're in this general preparation where, you know, some of these mental tactics, you when some of these great studies that have been done where that you actually periodize or plan the mental training, the strength training, the, what are the other types of training? I'm trying to think of the other owls, as Dan John would say. Nutritional. Nutritional, exactly. So this is where you don't do everything, you know, in the race season. You want to practice. So, you know, go into therapy and start crying now. Don't do it the week <laughs> of the race. You know, you want to work through the stuff in the general preparation, get some tools out of that. You know, how we're going to do relaxation, how we're going to do focus, refocus, how we're going to, you know, whatever the, the activity is you're getting out of your, your therapy, your sport psychology, your mental performance consulting, nutrition similar. There's a bit of a periodization in there, you know, general principles, but there can also be, you know, as we get closer to the race, there's probably going to be more sugar powder and more, you know, aggressive, you know, to, to match the intensity. Um, but I, I think that's the way we think about that is, is becoming very, very resilient and more like armored during this general preparation period and then becoming more specific as you get towards that that race period so july august you're very much in 100 miler mode but the rest of the year you know this is where you can be building that base but we're thinking about base as a holistic base i think i think as mm -hmm. well especially as as regular people we want to be thinking you know how can we shore up some of these other things and just be really healthy uh and then also obviously building our capacities in a traditional base sense mm -hmm. perfect all right. Well, let's let's wrap up there. Hopefully, let's give everyone some food for thought heading into the new year. Uh, happy, healthy new year to everyone. Hopefully, everyone has a, a great rest of their week. Uh, if you want to do us a New Year's favor, holiday favor, gift to us, uh, head over to wherever you listen to this, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, and we will see you next year. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.